Welcome to Maestros on Air, presented by the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. Recorded at the Peak Velocity Studio in beautiful Brevard County on the east coast of Central Florida. Maestros on Air is a discussion of culture, news events, and life on the Space Coast, and highlights the music, concerts, and personalities of the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. The show features President of the Symphony Board, Eric Lee, SCSO Director of Communications, Bill Trudeau, and me, Jeremy Hickman. Sometimes we're even joined in the studio by the maestro himself, Aaron Collins. We're glad you're listening. So let's get going with this episode of Maestros on Air. Good morning, everybody. Ah, good morning to you, Bill. We're back. Where were we? I'm not sure, but we were on hiatus. Good morning, gentlemen. (laughs) Good morning, Jeremy. That's what they call it in the biz, hiatus. That's the technical term. Really? A a, a long pause between seasons, which is something we did last year. After season one, we uh, took a little bit of time off before season two. That's what we did again this time. Uh, Although our hiatus lasted a bit longer than we thought it was going to. So uh, for our seven fans out there who've been missing us, congratulations. We're back. Uh, We're going to try to build up our audience to at least 12 or 14 this year, uh, but we're happy to be here. I am delighted. We're going to double it, Eric. Oh, we're going to get more than that. That's doubling. I'm on Facebook now, so... It's got our audience level is going to go up exponentially. But I just thought you would, uh, you should know that that's doubling based on those numbers. Oh, well, we're going to re- blow that out of the park. Okay, we'll be well, up to at least like twenty eight. I was going to say if we if we work really hard, we can literally have dozens of listeners by the end of the season. That's right. It's going to be epic. Dozens. That's, that's right. great. Well, interestingly enough, though, since we did take a little bit longer than normal hiatus, uh, we are sitting here as we start uh, the new season of Maestros on Air. We're sitting in between the 2016-2017 season for the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra and the brand new 2017-2018 season that is just getting ready to start. So this actually, we didn't plan it this way, but almost by accident we've done a good thing because now what we can do is we can just align uh, the Maestros on Air seasons with the seasons of the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. Right, I think in the biz they call this a retrospective. I think that's what we're going to do. Is that what they call it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. So we just recently had the very last performance of the 2016-2017 season. Uh, It was great. We had a packed house both in Brevard and in Indian River. Uh, We unveiled a new piece of music. This was the first time that the orchestra had commissioned a piece independently. Uh, We had a special narrator. Actually, we had two. We had a special guest narrator in Brevard and a different special guest narrator in Indian River County. But before we do that, before we talk about that concert, I think it makes sense. Let's go all the way back to the beginning of the season. If this is going to be a true retrospective, let's look at what we did over the course of the season. Don't we need a time machine for that? <laughs> well, well, I think we are the time machine. Wait. We're, we're, wait, we're going to use our memories, but there is one thing we do need. We need someone who was integral to the process, to the creative process, someone who knows very well all the performances. I think the right person to do that for us is the artistic director the conductor, Aaron Collins, and he's here with us this morning. 
Hey guys. Isn't hey. that a happy coincidence that Aaron just happens this to be great, here? This is great, I just happened to be walking by seeing you guys recording a podcast, and here we are. Isn't that a happy coincidence? So uh, over the next several minutes, we're going to have a retrospective on the season that just passed. Right. Before we dive into some of the specific performances, uh, how about just general reaction to how did the season progress? How did we end up the season? How do you think that positions us for seasons to come? Well, I thought overall it was a very successful season. We uh, are continually seeing our audience grow, both in Brevard and Vero Beach, but especially in Vero Beach. The audience is uh, is growing tremendously. I so. like watching audiences grow, Aaron. Yeah? <laughs> Just so you know. Thank you, Bill. Well, between Taco Tuesday and Lasagna Thursday, I've been growing over the last season myself. Boy, I'm sure glad I walked in on this. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this, the season went very, very well, and uh, we had a lot of wonderful performances that we'll be uh, looking back at uh, today, and uh, it's going to be another great year this coming year. So uh, I think it's last year was a season that we can build on. Uh, we uh, did a lot of great programming. Uh, we had a lot of uh, good collaborations and partnerships that we expanded on. And uh, yeah, we're very excited to see where we go this year. Well, if we go back to summer of last year, the summer series included two key concerts, which started with Russian Masters. Yeah, Russian Masters in July. I thought that was a really fun program. Uh, it had three works on it. Uh, it had um, Bordin's Palavitsian Dances, Rachmaninoff's Isle of the Dead, and Stravinsky's Petrushka. Uh, three really challenging works. Uh, I think for the orchestra, it was the first time a lot of people played Isle of the Dead by Rachmaninoff. I know a lot I think of people. You're right about that. Uh, and what an incredible piece of music that was. Uh, it just so happened. When Jennifer Royals was in the River House Saturday, I was listening to Island of the Dead. Isle of the Dead. <laughs> I was, while it was raining cats and dogs outside, and it was just something spiritual about it. I was listening to Isle of the Dead. I'm not kidding. I did not know you were going to talk about this today. It's very special, and it goes perfect when you're watching a torrential downpour and it's practically black outside. It was great. <laughs> what was interesting about that piece is the way Rachmaninoff really gave the essence of traveling in a boat. And he did that by using the mixed meter uh, going one, two, three, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, and then transitioning into one, two, one, two, three to give it a, just a little different pulse to really make it feel like you're just uh, kind of just traveling in the ocean on your way to the Isle of the Dead. Um, it was such a really powerful work. And of course, Petrushka, uh, that's one of Stravinsky's great ballets and an incredibly challenging piece. And the orchestra just really knocked it out of the park, I thought. Yeah, unfortunately, this was one of the few concerts I wasn't able to attend because I was out of town. But fortunately, uh, we did get a recording. So I was able to listen to it later and enjoyed it. And now we'll go ahead and play a piece from last year's Russian Masters, Petrushka. Thank you. 
Very nice from Russian Masters from summer of 2016. Unfortunately, I was not at that concert, but one I did go to, one I was very much looking forward to, and one that definitely delivered in terms of the spectacle, the video, the enjoyment of the audience, and the performance of the symphony was in August. Faster, higher, stronger, the music of the Olympics. I thought that was a fantastic set of concerts. Oh, yeah, I always like the Olympic concerts. They only come every four years, you know. So that's Who part doesn't? Of the, that's part of the I wish of the it. Olympics came more often, but if it did, it wouldn't be as... Well, actually, it's every two years because they alternate now the summer and the winter. I know. So, I know. So it's on a two-year cycle rather than four years. Yeah, so for this concert, we uh, were very fortunate to uh, present uh, this type of concert again. We did this... Uh, uh, eight years ago uh, for the first time, and it was real successful. So this year we decided to bring it back, and uh, I was really happy about it. It's, it's a challenge because the process actually starts a year before the concert itself. Uh, we have to work with NBC. We have to work with wow. the Olympic Committee. We have to work with various filmmakers uh, to secure the rights and secure uh, the footage to present with the concert. So if you can visualize, if you haven't been to one of these programs, the entire concert is performed with footage. And it's very much like the Super Bowl. The Olympics is very strict about use of the logo, use of the imagery. Absolutely. It's, it was, it's, uh, I don't want to say it was like a fight, but it was a <laughs> lot of emails back and forth, a lot of you can do this, you, can, you can't do this. Um, so we had to be very careful. We have to be careful with all the film concerts we do. But well, I think it's with I- any major brand. I mean, Disney's the same way. They, Absolutely. You know, they, they want to work with you, but they just, you know, they have a, a reputation and a quality product. And so if they're going to associate uh, with another organization, a performance, they want to make sure it's quality product also. And I, you know, I think we delivered. Yeah, I thought so, too. So the way we did this is we selected pieces not only associated with the Olympics. I think all of them were either written for the Olympics or pieces that um, can be easily tied to the Olympics. And we found stories within the Olympic uh, uh timeline, just so many great heroic stories of some of these Olympians, and we kind of uh, paired them with each of the pieces, and I thought it was a really successful pairing for all of them, and uh, and a great concert. Well, you know what I like about this podcast is that we go behind the scenes like this. I think a lot of people in the audience might get the mistaken... Uh, you know, perception that, hey, this is easy to put together. Look, isn't that great? They're playing music and there's footage. And you're the guy, Aaron, behind the scenes that pulls all of that together, does all the work in advance. First, you have to think about what you want to do. Then you have to make it happen. And you doing that takes a lot of work. So they see you up there conducting, but there's so much more to you than just conducting. Well, thank you. Yeah, Yeah. it's a process. And, uh, I mean, I love doing it, um, but it's just a, like I said, it's a, it's a long process to get from conception, you know, to the, to the product on stage. So 
a lot of hard work, a lot of people's hours go into that. And uh, thank you, Bill. Well, You're welcome. Uh, so, but along those lines, I will mention this. So you know, we, we've talked about the fact that you know, we are not the multimedia symphony per se, but we do have a lot of uh, video or other multimedia things that happen in the concerts. And uh, you know, it, 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 most people don't realize, I'm sure, that when it comes to getting uh, these different uh, edited uh, pieces of film that go into it, you personally are doing a lot of that editing. I am, because I'm, I'm very, spe I, you know, I could hand it off to other people, but I really, I really know what I want most of the time, and, you know, I, I like being in, involved in that process as well. So it's, uh, it's something I enjoy doing. It's tiring, but... Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, no, and, and I think definitely you have to be involved uh, on a very large level because there are things related to the musical cues, uh, transitioning yeah. from one feeling to another right. and all that. But uh, I, I think I would do a call out to the audience if there are uh, somebody out there who's really good at video editing and would like to at least support you uh, in this. Sure. I think we could use a little bit of extra help because you know, I, I, yeah, I see you in the morning and you, know, you were up till all hours. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're going to bed about the time I'm waking up in the morning after some of these sessions of editing, and I'd like to be able to get you a little bit of help if we can. Well, thank you, Jeremy. Um, I will say, you know, what they send us is just hours and hours of just raw footage. It's not edited. It's just, you know, like seven hours of Jesse Owens running, you know, on the track. <laughs> and you have to find these moments that can really just tell a story. It's just, let's not throw Jesse Owens just running on the track. Let's show his story this amazing story of him defying Hitler and uh, it's just uh, and, and try to tell that in a six minute span with a piece of music. So it's a real challenge sometimes to just sit there looking at all this footage going, how can I mix this together? And, you know, we don't use click tracks on the stage for any of our concerts. I mean, I'm doing it all just by sight and, you know, obviously you don't want the films to affect the, Music, you want to make, you know, you want the music to be natural and not strict in time, as opposed to when you're conducting a film score, it's got to be right with the film. So I, I leave some leeway so there can be some transitions uh, that don't necessarily have to tie to the film on screen. So it's a, it's a unique process and, uh, and a lot of fun to do, I think. Well, I'm just making the point and showing appreciation for the fact that uh, you, you don't simply, you know, put on a tuxedo an hour before the concert and walk out on stage with a baton. There's hours and hours and even more hours that go into preparation. That would be nice if we could make that happen. Eric. Like, just a go. bowl of M&Ms in the <laughs> green room for bowl me. Bowl of M&Ms. What colors do you like? I, do you I like, like peanut M&Ms. Peanut. Yeah. Okay. So if we can have that going forward, bowl of M&Ms, and if I can even have a green room rather than the broom closet to change in, that would be a big step forward. I, I'm going to make that happen. Have I'm going to step so. up and make that happen. Excellent. Have you tried the peanut butter filled M&Ms? No, but Those I want to... That's a new product. That's great. Those are so, new. Those have been around forever. No, I think they're relatively new. I, I only noticed them a couple of years ago. Yeah, I think they're relatively but new. But they've I got think. coffee now. They've got almond. Oh, they've I got love coffee. Uh, really. I love coffee. They've got pretzel. Where have I been living? I don't know. You go, all need to check out the M and M. Sounds good. Uh, is this product placement? Is that what this is called? It could be. Maybe M and M's will be our new sponsor. 
Well, either that, or if we have any benefactors who would like to support us in this endeavor, you can go buy several cases of candy and send it to, what's the address, Aaron? Uh, P.O. Box 237646, Cocoa, Florida, 32923. You're reading excited that. excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Me too. Did you see that? His yeah. face lit up. I know. I love, heard I love the food. potential candy coming love, to our P.O. Box. <laughs> I would prefer maybe, you know, tacos shipped rather than uh, M&M's. Taco what? Tacos to be shipped rather oh, okay. than m and I thought you said something else. Well, we'll have to invent some technology to make that happen. But in the meantime, moving on, and I, I promise I'm not going to say this about every concert, but again, this next concert was one that I was greatly looking forward to, and it delivered. It was September's Big Band Bash. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, our jazz orchestra... Uh, is one of the few great jazz orchestras here in the state. I mean, there's some tremendous groups out there, but um, we have some really great talents in this group. And, uh, you know, we have, of course, Dr. Patrick Hennessy, uh, who directs that group. Um, we also had uh, Frank Wozar step in and direct a show or two as well, who's also a, a tremendous jazz musician. So Big Band Bash was excellent. As always, uh, they deliver great performances. Eric. We've all said something nice to Aaron. You haven't said anything nice to Aaron. Sure I did. you got to give him a compliment. Kind of like what Trump asked of his cabinet members. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is that what's going on here? Yeah, I didn't think we were going to get political, but yes, you gotta, you got to mm. say something nice to Aaron. What do I need to say? You can talk <laughs> oh about my, my hair. Oh, hair doesn't look too bad today. Thank you. <laughs> That's great. It's got a little that bit of good. a tuft to it. So yeah, thank well, you. Well, we'll be taking a picture at the end for my Facebook fans. But so. you got to say something nice to Aaron. Your hair looks good today. Thank you. Okay. That's much better. Now, before we move on to our next concert, I must say Eric just joined Facebook, uh, what, about a month ago? A little less than a month. A little less than a month. and. I've never seen someone jump in so fast and, and furious as Eric has. I mean, he's posting food. The food uh, get great hits. Food. That's probably like the most popular thing. I mean, you food. take pictures of the food. You're taking pictures of people. You're all, I mean, what, you, did you never want to be on Facebook in the well, past? Well, I had Colleen. Right. So and I didn't so need to So she was be. kind of your outlet for Facebook? Well, she would say, oh, here's a picture of so-and-so. I'm like, oh, that's nice. Okay. Well, you know, but now that she's gone, somebody's going to be on Facebook. So I right. like the octopus that you post posted. That was very nice. What octopus? You posted an octopus. I don't remember the octopus. You did though. Oh, I saw it on your page. It I could thought, have been wow, while I was that's sleeping. Nice. Very nice. It could have been while I was. No, it's a big octopus. octopus. Yeah. So. So it, it seems like we're having a conversation about a junkie who always avoided the crack house, but now he's gone and uh, walked in the crack house. So enjoy your addiction. It is kind of like it is kind of like a crack so, house. So for those of you who want to uh, participate, uh, Eric, what, what, you know, are you announcing how to find you on Facebook? Well, I'm pretty easy to find. I think it's you know I have my nickname Eric of Tuba. But it's, you know, just so you're Eric, Eric of Tuba on Facebook. Well, it's Eric Lee, and then in parentheses it says Eric of Tuba. You have thousands of friend requests by the end of the show. <laughs> I haven't even done any recruiting yet. I've just been responding to friend requests. So, well, you might have so many friend requests that you could fill up the Grand Canyon. Oh wait, look, the next concert in last season was the Grand Canyon Suite. Let's talk that's about that. That's an excellent that. transition. What a segue. <laughs> I'm very impressed. What a segue. That's, I, a, tr I, that's a true professional. But I, 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 again, uh, speaking about uh, multimedia. 
media mm-hmm. and video. This is another one where he actually took uh, great park footage and underlaid it. And I, I thought I, I got so many compliments after the performance. Yeah, we partnered with National Geographic for this one. And uh, they once again sent us a catalog of footage to use. Um, and we paired it with uh, Grofi's uh, Grand Canyon Suite, which is you know one of the most popular pieces, American pieces, uh, written in the 20th century. So I thought uh, it was a good pairing. Also on that program, we did uh, Rhapsody in Blue by George Gershwin, uh, which featured local pianist and uh, store owner of Atlantic Music. Uh, that would be Brian Gatchel, who played great. And then we also had uh, the Southeast premiere of Michael Doherty's uh, Raise the Roof, which was a timpani concerto, which uh, the audience just absolutely loved that um, uh, piece of music uh, that was performed by Brian Raddick. I mean, you don't get to see timpani concertos too often. And it actually does feel like the roof is raising. I can't talk today. What's going on? My God. I I offered you some coffee and you didn't take it. That's the problem. It feels like the roof is raising when you hear that particular concerto. Yeah, right? I do remember that. He did do yeah, a great yeah. job on that. Yes. Yeah, it was a really great piece of music, and uh, and the audience really responded really well. They usually respond well to new pieces, but uh, they really responded to that one. Well, the, here's this is an interesting thing about the symphony. Whenever you put together a performance, you want to put together something that people will come to uh, and enjoy the show. You want an, an attraction, uh, but sometimes you might have maybe a lesser-known item and then a more-known item, so there's always a, a headliner uh, typically in a concert this is an example of this was truly a triple headline bill here because i've been mean, talking to people both before and after i had different groups of people legitimately some people said i came because i wanted to see the the you know the, the new daughter piece yeah i had people who said i really wanted to uh see the 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 parks footage uh and the great with the grand canyon suite I had other people who were adamant about the fact that they had not seen Rhapsody in Blue performed in a while, and they brought a whole their whole family just right. to see that. So this was not you know we got one headliner and yeah, filler. This, concert, this was this, this was a this was an all headline event. I think. Yeah, this concert had everything. Uh, you know, uh, as far as each of those three pieces are concerned, I mean, I don't know if instinctively. Um, I guess from a financial standpoint and from a programming standpoint, we always try to find headlining pieces or pieces that are more familiar to the audience rather than just throwing new music on every concert. If I lived in if in my ideal world, uh, we would be performing a lot more new music and unknown works. It's just hard to market those um, to the everyday person. So we try to find a good balance between uh, those things you mentioned earlier, Jeremy. And typically with us, every concert's a big concert anyway, compared to a lot of other groups. We're always doing, you know, a lot of big things. So I think you're really getting a lot of value for money with your tickets. On the topic of providing great value for the money, for those listening to this show for free, we're going to provide a little extra value right now uh, because we have a recording from the Grand Canyon Suite.
from our performance last September of the Cran Canyon Suite. This was the new piece from Daughtry called Raise the Roof, a recording here on Maestro's On Air. Moving on to the next concert was a tribute to James Horner. Yeah, uh, James Horner, if you uh, are familiar with him, he passed away uh, two years now um, in a plane crash, a single... Uh, single engine airplane that he loved flying. He was a avid flyer, uh, docked many, many hours flying. And, uh, he died unfortunately in Beverly Hills in that crash. And James Horner is one of my favorite composers. When I was growing up, uh, I spent countless hours listening to his music. I mean, he's written film scores for some of the great films and, uh, just left a huge catalog of film scores to, to, play um, and listen to. So uh, I thought this was an appropriate concert uh, to do um, as we do film concerts from time to time. And we got to perform many of his scores. I mean, we perform Willow, Titanic, Avatar, uh, Braveheart, Apollo 13. Cocoon. Cocoon, Mask of Zorro. I mean, there were so many great films and film scores that we got to perform. So uh, it was very exciting to do, and uh, I thought a very nice tribute to James. Well, I know you talked in advance of the concert, and then during the performance you talked about the fact that uh, he was very special to you. Uh, We did record that performance as well, and we'll play a clip now, so uh, we'll take your recommendation on which of those to play. Let's have a listen to Avatar.
Music from the film Avatar, recorded by the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra, October of 2016, from the performance Titanic, a tribute to James Horner. In our retrospective of last season, uh, we move on to November. We had a, an annual event honoring our heroes, although we did something a bit different this year. Uh, instead of having the full symphony, we actually brought back the jazz orchestra. Uh, again, this was a fantastic event. Uh, Dr. Hennessy was not able to conduct that, uh, so we brought in a guest conductor. And I Frank thought, Wozar, he did yeah, a great job. Frank Wozar, so if you had, didn't have a chance to attend that, he actually had been a performer at a couple of the prior uh, jazz orchestra events, and, but you could tell. It was just, this was a group of guys that was used to playing together, they were tight, they knew the music, and they were just having fun on the stage. I always love watching music play and you can tell they're having fun and thing, I like Frank oh yeah Who the thing I um, remember was I didn't know Frank was gonna sing so he sang you know some songs with the the jazz band he sounded great singing so yeah Frank uh, teaches over at Valencia College he runs a jazz program there and uh, and it was natural for us to use I mean every musician in that jazz orchestra either leads a G jazz group um, or has led a jazz group. So it was just natural to pull musicians from our jazz orchestra to lead the band. And he did awesome. He put together a really nice tribute to the troops and, uh, it was a really fun program as always. They kind of let their hair down for that. Eric doesn't have much hair to let down, but <laughs> yeah. the rest of the musicians, I'm not saying that, I mean, you've got a plethora of hair in there. But, I've been uh, complimented, you know, uh, that I still have hair actually. Yeah, Eric, I've never seen your, age. I've never seen your hair from the top. What does it look like? There's a little bald spot really? here. But I'm not going to look. It's not real. Big. I won't look. Well, I remember when I was younger, uh, an old timer told me one time, I don't care if my hair turns gray as long as it don't turn loose. That's right. That's, <laughs> That's right. good. That's right. Yeah, so they get to let their hair down, and they uh, have a great time on stage. They're all friends. They have fun, and, and it's just fun to watch, and, and you kind of have that same energy in the audience. It yeah. kind of just you know translates out there, and everyone is just having a good time. I, I just smiled watching it, and people uh, fell, feeling out of the, the, the auditorium at the end were just happy, you yeah, can tell. sure. But that was actually a fairly small group uh, playing that concert, and then the next concert later in the month, I think, was perhaps the largest number of musicians we had on stage, certainly of all season. Right. It was a very large concert, uh, Sinfonia Antarctica. Yeah, you know, and it's it's a shame this concert wasn't more attended. I don't just November for some reason just didn't pan that well for us, but uh it was a really uh incredible program. I I really love Von Williams's symphonic works and especially his symphonies. I think he's one of the great symphonists of the 20th century. Uh, him Shostakovich, uh Schumann among others, but uh he's written a 10 big symphonies and they're all just full of just great music. So I picked this one. Um, it was his seventh symphony. He based it on, um, uh, the journeys of, uh, Scott, um, Captain Robert Scott and, uh, who traveled down to Antarctica, uh, it's a famous uh, journey. And it was just a 
really almost cinematic piece of music. Um, you can hear the swirling air the uh, and, and all these different things in the piece. And it was just a really cool piece of music that featured a lot of musicians. We also had a guest conductor on that program, uh, Gareth Pritchard, uh, who's the uh, director of the Brass Band of Central Florida, uh, which is a great group. If you haven't seen them, they perform in Orlando throughout the year. Uh, if you haven't heard a brass group, this is the one to go watch. Um, they're one of the best brass bands in the world. So uh, we had him come conduct that piece uh, by Malcolm Arnold called Tom O'Shanter, uh, which is uh, just this great little... Uh, poem, um, musical poem based on uh, a poem that uh, features witches and orgies and all kinds of other things. And it's just a really great piece of music. Um, Sounds exciting. I, I just say, I, I saw Bill perk up there. For <laughs> right when I said orgy, <laughs> Bill's eyes lit up. Yeah. So, um, so, and then we also had uh, Rickard Strauss's awesome piece called Four Last Songs. It was the last piece he wrote. And it, um, was beautifully sung by Marianne Kruger, who's sung on our concerts before. She has a gorgeous voice. And and really, I mean, she had the perfect voice for that piece of music. Yeah, I don't play that much on that piece, so I got to listen to a lot. I mean, she just did a fantastic job. I met piece. her at the season announcement. That's right. You actually were at the office one time when she auditioned, I think, for me. That's right. And when she, you could hear her singing in the, in That's the right. office next door. Yeah. And I brought that up. Yeah, you did. And anyway, so yeah, we're really only at the Space Coast her. Symphony office will you hear voices coming from different rooms and different <laughs> sounds. Uh, mostly, those are all Bill, but um, <laughs> but it's a really uh, <laughs> we really have a, a great thing going on at our office and uh, lots of musical activities happening. So yeah, Marianne just killed it and, and did a wonderful job with four last songs. Moving on to December, uh, another annual event, the uh, ninth annual Messiah Sing-Along. That was one of our traditionally free concerts. Yes, uh, it's always a cool program. It's the only Messiah Sing-Along here in Central Florida. Um, it's always a packed house. Um, we actually performed down in Vero as well this year um, for the first time. So, uh, you know, always a great event. Always amazing to hear a thousand people singing the Hallelujah Chorus or trying to sing the Hallelujah trying Chorus. Trying to sing, yes. And uh, it's always... They, they do, do good. a good they job, good. yeah, and uh, it's always a great program, and we're presenting it for the 10th time this coming season. Moving on from the Messiah sing-along, later in the month, another very unique concert. In fact, of all the concerts I've ever been to that the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra has put on, in this particular audience, we had the highest number of people in costume. Mm -hmm. This was Star Wars, a musical tribute. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't love Star Wars? Everybody loves Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. And the music is such a big part of the films. In fact, without the music, who knows if Star Wars would have ever taken off? I mean, it's that important to the story. Um, so, you know... Performing all the music by John Williams, first off, the musicians love it. I mean, John Williams really knows how to write for an orchestra. And anytime we perform works by Williams, it's like 
a treat for the orchestra. Uh, so, and then the audience, yeah, that was a fun concert. We had a, you know, kids all over the place, just a, a really great audience, a lot of just really great moments. And, and the music was, yeah. I thought the concert was very well performed. We had clips on the screen. and Well, we, going back to the conversation from earlier, again, you know, you had uh, edited together the clips. I thought you did a very good job of having scenes that met uh, the excitement of, of the music. You know, you yeah. had, you had uh, calm music during, uh, you know, calm scenes. Mm-hmm. You had uh, very exciting music during fight scenes. Right, Good yeah. job of editing. And that was actually, that's an actual situation where we did we, we didn't get in trouble, but we got a slap on the hand from Disney um, because we used footage uh, not provided by them on one of the pieces. So that's a situation where, you know, they where you can tell, you know, they have a strict grip on these things. They'll call you immediately after the concert (laughs) and say, no, no, no. Uh Um, So, but, you know, they've been partners with us on so many concerts. uh, You know, we got away with it, but... uh, Did you blame Eric for it? Um, I always blame Eric for everything. <laughs> well, perhaps better to say they gave us a recommendation on how we can do better on future oh, performances. that's exactly what I meant to say. Um, but yeah, they've, um, like I said, they've been a great partner to us. So that was a situation where um, we have to, you have to really be careful on what you use and what, uh, and what you can and can't use. Yeah. Well, can I use this? Can I say R2D2 in this podcast? R2-D2. That'll be $25, Bill. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I won't say it again since I already cost the money. But I will say this. I have, I like him. You can say him. He's a robot. Anyways, I like him. Well, thank you. And do you know, do you know why? Why? I have a thing for robots. I bet you have a thing for robots. No, no, no. Not like that. I'm saying (laughs) I have a thing for robots. Well, we can't talk about it this much and then move on without first playing a piece. So from last season, a performance by the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra from the concert named for the film series. Here is music from Star Wars.
music from the concert Star Wars, a musical tribute that wrapped up December of 2016. We went on into January with a couple of performances, Easy to Love, Broadway Romance. Uh, this was part of the pop series. Next, we had another pop series concert, The Wild Wild West. And then one of our most ambitious concerts of the year, The Planets in February, an HD odyssey. Yeah, so a little background on this concert. Uh, about five years ago, I approached NASA. I mean, they're in our backyard. Um, and I wanted to find a program that we can collaborate on. So after hundreds of meetings, I say hundreds, and it probably literally was hundreds of meetings, um, we settled on a few different ideas. And one of them was a trilogy of concerts. Um, that would focus on three different pieces of music and pairing them with NASA imagery and film. So we put together the idea of pairing one piece, uh, The Planets, with a con for a concert. Then also Sprach's Zarathustra by Strauss for another concert, The Earth Odyssey. And then, of course, uh, finally, uh, Dvorak's Ninth Symphony for this final part of the trilogy, The Cosmos. And once we had that idea down and formulated, we went to work spent a year putting together footage uh, from various uh, uh, NASA catalogs and uh, presented the planets in 2014. Huge success, sold out crowd. Uh, everyone really enjoyed it. Of course, the planets is a, one of the most popular pieces in all of music. It's well known. Everybody loves it already. Uh, so it's, it was natural to want to perform it again since we're closing out the trilogy this year with the cosmos, which came just last month. And, uh, we performed the planets again to another sold out audience. And, uh, that was a, it's a fun piece, isn't it, Eric? Oh yeah. It was really good. Also I'd like to add that was the last, um, set of concerts that Colleen Lee had uh, performed with the Space Coast Symphony as yeah. well. So, Can we talk a little about that? About Just the concert? About Colleen. Well, this was a significant uh, a moment in time. Yeah. Uh, one of the founders of the, the symphony, been there from the very beginning, right. uh, and uh, Eric, your wife, Colleen Lee, passed away towards the end of the season. Yeah. It was a, a significant that loss her, for the symphony. That was her final concert. Now, I will say, you know, I met Colleen and Eric, what, about... 12 years ago? Right. I remember it was like in 2005. We just moved to town. Yeah. And we're at a Central Florida Winds concert. Oh, that's right. Central Florida and Winds. And then Aaron, Aaron wasn't, you know, he was just a horn player. And he just came around. Was and, just a little kid. And just came around, you know. He said, hello, I'm Aaron Collins. Nice to meet you. <laughs> that sounds like we something got, I would we do. Got like a clipboard? We oh, got like board. That sounds like something. Colleen and I, we always talked about that. We, you know... Because we, when we were living in Chicago, we lived in this neighborhood, and this little kid came up. Uh, we called him the little president. I forget his name. He'd like come up and says, "Hello, I'm so and so. Welcome to the neighborhood." You know, and we were like, "I was just we're like, nice, I know," I and we're like, "Who is it?" To be some like, we're like politician. We're like, "Who is this president. guy?" No, we thought that was really nice, no, but yeah. it was just like, "Who is this guy?" So, well, I mean, you know, not something you would expect from a horn player was your point. Well, from anybody. Yeah. I well, mean, I just usually, remember you know, turning around, going, "Who the hell is back there playing?" all that sounds, you know, because in Brevard County, you know, uh, not saying that there aren't great trombone and tuba players, but uh, Colleen and Eric are, uh, they were animals and uh, just really incredible players. So I just remember sitting there and turning back and going, damn, <laughs> who is that? So well, uh, it was Eric and Colleen and that was compliment. the start of our friendship. Well, Florida yeah. did kind of embrace us. We didn't really fit in in California so much because you really can't like open up 
like we're you know that Chicago sound, right. you know. But Florida seemed to embrace our uh, style of yeah. playing. So, so Colleen, I mean, she, you know, her and Eric, I remember after we did Verde's Requiem, and we wanted I talked about starting the symphony. It was natural to go and you know talk to them, and I. Uh, somehow we managed to talk Eric to becoming board president right at the get-go. Well, I had no idea what I was getting myself <laughs> into because I was already president of Central Florida Wings, right. and that was easy. Right. So know? we kind of just, <laughs> you know, corralled him, and somehow he's still our uh, board president. And They won't let me leave. No. It's like um, in Godfather 3. You yeah, know? you can't leave. <laughs> yeah. Every time I try to leave, they pull me back in. But, so. I mean, and, you know... <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, remember the line without Pacino? That's great. That's it's a great true. line. Yeah. Well, so I just remember, you know, Colleen was always there. Uh, I mean, she not only performed in every concert, but she was there to help me every single day. I mean, she spent, I don't know, 10 to 20 hours each week at least. I mean, that's at the bare it, minimum. It was more than that. Yeah. I was 40 hours a week um, working by my side. I mean... If you look at our phone logs, I mean, we were on the phone together probably about three hours a day, um, and she just did so much for the symphony and so much for me personally. Um, so, you know, it's really difficult. I know for Eric, and it's difficult for all of us, just we miss her so much. So, uh, yeah, that was a tough time. But, yeah, it was her final concert. She was she was really in... She was looking good. She was very energetic, that right? concert. I yeah. mean, uh, and uh, she played the hell out of a trombone that concert too. The planets is no easy, you know, walk in the park. It's a lot of sound and air. Right. And I know she was having trouble breathing, uh, but she just played tremendously on that concert. And those pictures that are on the website are from that concert. Yeah. Too. Yeah. That was her. Yeah. Cause she was like, you know, I hate those pictures. Are on the, I'm getting my picture taken. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And, and they Cause she good. never liked the, never liked the picture that was this up there before. True story. You know, I, I got several pictures of her, you know, um, in different standing positions. And, you know, they would go in our, we have a, like a musician's lobby on our website where people can kind of read about the musicians. And, uh, I would upload these pictures there and then I would be scrolling through the musician's yeah. lobby. And then I would see like a question mark over Colleen's picture. <laughs> it was just an empty picture. <laughs> right, she would she, always go in there right, and she'd log, the picture. Right, so she'd log, log in, in log and, in and take I, the picture that's out. That's the problem with having administrator rights. Yeah. That's right. She'd log in so and take the picture out. In, and, but it must have been like eight or nine times where I would upload Colleen's picture. And then the next day... It would be immediately down, but we got a great picture of her from this concert. Um, I hope yeah, she really liked that. Okay, one. good. So, well, uh, yeah, and not to belabor the point, but I, I think it is a very good point to make, which was, you know, if you know the symphony, you know Aaron Collins, because of course you're, in, you know, you are the uh, artistic director. You conduct most of the audiences. You are the face of the symphony, and rightfully so. Uh, you are, you know, the backbone of the symphony, and uh, and and are the leader. Uh, a lot of people are very familiar with Eric, uh, not the least of uh, which, you know, one of the reasons being that uh, he often will make announcements at the beginning of the concerts. Uh, Colleen was not quite as visible uh, to the audience. She basically... I think she uh, liked it that way. Yeah, she's, yeah. She, yeah, I mean, you were just talking about her deleting her pictures. Yeah. You know, she, she kind of liked to stay, uh, you know, in the background, but from, uh, you know, a you know, I've been around the symphony for a few years now, but as a relative newcomer uh, coming in, I mean, clearly, yeah, I would say, and not to diminish the role of anybody else uh, in the organization, because we have a lot of people who put a lot of effort into this, right. but I would say, you know, the three legs of the stool that a 
have traditionally held up the entire symphony were Aaron, Eric, and Colleen. And so a significant uh, loss. Colleen is mostly the legs, and Eric and I just stood on her back. <laughs> yeah, because she, uh, she was, I always referred to her as like the, the woman behind the curtain, you know, like in The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. You know. You see Eric's face, but the one she behind the be, curtain was that's Colleen. Right, because, right, you know. <laughs> She'd like to just work in the background. I would call Eric and say, Eric, can you get this done? And then, like, the next day, Colleen's like, yeah, I did that, you know, or something along those lines. Right. Well, she never uh, done she before. The, uh, she was the, uh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Everyone misses her. It's been totally different. I've only been here a little over three years. A little over three years. It's hard to believe. But, anyway, I didn't really know her like you guys, obviously. I mean, you know, you were married to her, to Colleen, and you knew Colleen from the get-go, like you said. Yeah. And Jeremy, um, how long did you know Colleen? Um, I, uh, you and I have about the same length of tenure uh, okay. with the symphony. All right. Yeah. So, well, so about three years, she, maybe. She will definitely, definitely be, you know, continue to be missed, and nothing has been the same since. That's yeah. a fact. So, yeah, that was a really special concert for me, and I'm sure for Eric as well. So Yeah, yeah, she did really good on it. So, uh, and, and I think more to come. I think, uh, I think we've already talked about the fact that in the new season, you know, we'll probably oh, yeah. uh, you know, have more to say and, and more of a tribute for to sure. her. But Over the years, absolutely. And also on that program, before we move on from the planets, we did a really great piece by Kenneth Fuchs, a concerto for electric guitar and orchestra called Glacier, um, which is being recorded by the London Symphony this summer. So, um, I really thought that was a great piece. It featured DJ Spar, and the audience really liked that piece as well. You don't get to hear electric guitar concertos, and it wasn't your traditional, here's an electric guitar, let's jam and rock out. It really had different colors of the guitar that uh, that you don't get to hear too often, and uh, it was a beautiful piece by Ken, as always. Yeah, it was really good. I enjoyed listening to that one, too. Yeah. That's the beauty of a tuba player. You know, you don't play all the time, so you get to listen a lot. You just have to make sure you don't get lost when you're counting your arrests. That's the big thing. Before we get away from talking about this concert, uh, we do have one piece to play, which is from Holst, the Planets. This is the movement, Mars.
moving on to March, we had a very special concert. And in fact, this is the one that I was thinking of, Bill, earlier when you said we had people from all over the world show up. And uh, truly, we did. This was Emmett Cahill and Irish Memories, yeah, which included uh, Emmett as a featured singer. He did a great job. What a what a what a great voice. Uh, what a handsome guy. The ladies were swooning a bit. His stage presence is really good, too. I yeah. mean, he had the audience in the palm of his hand. Easy going, right. Really yep. great. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it was one of my favorite programs. I mean, Emmett, I heard perform uh, in a solo recital, and I was like, man, I just really want to work with him. Emmett, of course, has performed with Celtic Thunder for years now, and uh, but he's just starting his solo career. And, you know, uh, touring as a solo artist. Uh, he's got the number one album uh, on uh, out there on, on the Billboard uh, for world music. And uh, he's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, his, uh, he's got a great future ahead of him. He's going to be a star. Um, he already is a star. And uh, so we, perform- we put together this program. It was the first time he's performed with an orchestra in concert on a live, you know, here in America. Um, of course, he's performed with orchestras on CDs. Um, but uh, so it was a really special concert for him and also a very special concert for us. Like you said, there's people from different states that made the journey to come watch this. I think there were like 20 or 30 people from all over the United States that flew in right. just to see this performance, which well, is pretty awesome. Just speaking of the timing for those that may not know, uh, and, and again, uh, truly him him being a star, he just flew in that day because that very morning he was in Manhattan and had been featured in one of the segments on the Today Show Live. Yeah. And then he got on a plane, flew down and performed and for us here in Brevard. And performing, right. It was awesome. And, you know, I work with a ton of uh, singers, uh, uh, performers, musicians, um, and Emmett was so easy to work with. I mean, a lot of times you find there's a little disconnect between artists, but um, and the conductor. But he was just so easy and so laid back in his style. Just, I mean, it was just perfect. And uh, he had a great uh, his you know pianist David Monroe was also great who did all the arrangements on the concert, and you know the audience loved him. We're going to bring him back next uh, this coming season. Our our patrons don't know that, but they're finding out now. We're going to do a little tour around Florida with him uh, with the orchestra. So um, I'm so glad to have done that with him, and so glad that we're friends and. Uh, and I'm so glad that he's, uh, you know, supporting this great group of musicians here with the Space Coast Symphony. Well, he is so gracious, too. Gracious, yeah. And that's what I brought up to Gina. said, everybody remarks about how Emmett Cahill, like you said, he's easy to work with, but he was just so thankful. And I can't believe this is happening, you know, and, and he's just really appreciative of everything. And you know what Gene said, our own librarian she said, uh, give him a few years. <laughs> I said, Gene, come on. Give him a few years. In other words, wait till the, you know, the old business environment gets a hold of him and kicks in. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen you know, with him. You know, time will tell, and I'm not commenting on him in particular, but just talking generically. I, I, I think the world is full and show business is full of uh, talented jerks 
who they'll get a certain amount of uh, work because they are talented, even though other people don't necessarily like working for them right. or and with they them. Don't. But the people who are truly great and truly have a fantastic career are wonderful and nice people, and people like to work with them. And and yeah, I mean, who knows what the next few years will do? But I got a sense that this guy is just a truly a nice guy, and so I do. I'm certainly looking I forward too. to hearing him next year and working with him when he comes back to Florida. Yeah. Over in Killarney many years ago Me mother sang a song to me in tones so sweet and low Just a simple little ditty in a good old Irish way And I give the word she could sing that song
Very nice music from the Emmett Caw Hill concert in early 2017. Uh, we're very much looking forward to bringing him back in the new year as we grow a relationship with him. Uh, another set of relationships to talk about uh, in reference to the following concert, which was Mozart's Symphony Number no. 40, uh, another piece from Darty. Uh, and then we had a special performer, uh, I believe eight years old, uh, a piano prodigy. Jacob Velasquez, yeah. Uh, this concert was unique in several aspects. Uh, one, we got to perform a work by Michael Doherty um, called Nothing Bittersweet. Now, for those who don't know, there's several Michael Doherty's, two, not several, but two composers, uh, successful composers. Uh, this Michael Doherty lives down in Vero Beach and is an accomplished composer. And of oh, course, this is, this is news. So this is not the same Michael Doherty that we played just a couple of concerts before. Yes, exactly. there are two. There are two, Jeremy. And you've met them both, haven't yes, you? Yes, I have. Yeah. I like them. I think they were, I like the first one better. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll just leave it at that. We won't say who the first one was. And then you like uh, Michael better. Yes, I do. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> So, and then there's the other University of Michigan composer, Grammy Award winning um, artist, Michael Doherty, who per, you know composed many of the works we played, like Raise the Roof. So we performed this piece. It was a great suite, uh, full of just really fun, uh, characteristic uh, kind of movements. And then we also had uh, Mozart's Symphony 40. Um, we don't perform Mozart too often, so it was really nice to do this. We brought our uh, new principal guest conductor, Michael Hall, to conduct on this program. So we had him conducting. Um, and that was something that we announced this April, that we have just named Michael Hall our principal guest conductor. Now, he's been a guest on your podcast, right? He was. It was a wonderful show last year. I yeah. learned a lot about He's it. a great guy. Um, he was a great guy. And he's a really great conductor. I think the orchestra really enjoys playing under him. So we're going to have him back, uh, you know, several times each year. And uh, that's his kind of role for the symphony. Now, there's only one of him, right? There is only one of him. Okay. We also had on this program, Jacob Velasquez, who is uh, who performed a solo recital back uh, last year um, to raise money for autism. Now, Jacob is this eight-year-old, uh, now he's nine, um, autistic uh, child, and he's... Um, has an extreme talent. He's a, just such a warm human being and, and full of life and, and, uh, he's an incredible talent. And I remember he came and did a solo recital. I didn't know what to expect. I knew he was going to play some pieces. Uh, but he performed an hour and a half recital of different types of music. There was dancing, singing. He was flirting with the ladies. He was, I mean, he was doing everything on stage. It was incredible. And, you know, a lot of us musicians can't, you know, stand on stage and do half of these things he was doing. I mean, it's a difficult to put together a recital, but let alone where you're introducing each piece, you're dancing and, and, and just singing. It's just an amazing thing. So he did that. And I said, well, how about you do a concerto with the orchestra? And he came and performed Haydn. I didn't know what to expect once again. It's the first time playing with an orchestra. And it's a challenging piece. And he was just, once again, blew me away, blew everybody away. He was just, his hands are so tiny, like the size of my pinky, you know. And he was just getting across that piano and just 
just put on a really great performance. So I'm so proud of him and um, so glad that he's part of our family here. And we're going to bring him back to do a special uh, chamber concert um, to raise money for Autism Again, for Autism Speak. So uh, we're very excited about that. Well, after this concert, uh, Mozart Symphony Number no. 40, a couple aboard to round out the spring. We had Appalachian Springs as part of our classic series. Then in May, again, an annual tradition, the Mother's Day Pops Bouquet. And then the final concert that happened just recently, the Cosmos, which was the third in our series, and frankly, uh, one of uh, the largest spectacles of concerts that we had for the season, I believe. Yeah, we had uh, two new things happening here. One, we had uh, commissioned a composer for the very first time. Now, we've performed a lot of new works. We've performed world premieres. We've performed United States premieres. But we've never had paid someone to write a piece for the orchestra specifically. Um, so I reached out to Christopher Marshall, wonderful composer from New Zealand who now lives in uh, Orlando, and uh, asked him if he would write a piece. Now, originally I was just throwing around ideas and I said, how about a piece for narrator and orchestra about the history of flight? That was the basis we started with. But as Chris started writing and we started talking more, we started transitioning to the cosmos where there'd be narration telling the story of the cosmos. And not only did Chris write the piece of music, he put together his narration. And I got to tell you, the audience, I didn't know what the, you know, I was, I have no idea what the audience is going to expect when they hear a piece of music, but they were really got a strong connection to that piece in particular. I mean, the, between the narration and the music itself, they just really loved it. And, uh, I mean, I hope this piece gets performed around the world because it is a really uh, great contribution to the orchestral literature. The best part about the piece, especially at Brevard, was people were so excited they would just go crazy and just start applauding between every music, every movement, which oh, yeah. is not, you know, proper concert protocol but who cares because it just it was like a rock concert yeah really just, it was just really great the other thing i'd like to add is that uh, christopher wrote a huge uh, trombone solo for colleen it was like a 75 measure solo but unfortunately she wasn't able to play it but christopher talked about that on the stage too so you know just um, another little thing about uh, colleen yeah, so uh, we were all just thrilled to perform Chris's piece, and I hope we get to do it again. And we also had a special narrator on that concert. Uh, that's right. We actually had two different narrators. Yeah, for each concert we did. Senator uh, Bill Nelson uh, right. yeah, it, narrated on Saturday night, and then um, Colonel Hal Gibson narrated on uh, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, and they both did a great job. They had slightly different styles to the approach because I was, I was at both concerts and both sets of narration were really good and they engaged. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just want to go back to the piece of music itself. Uh, I was not involved at all in, you know, the commissioning of this. I had, you know, no understanding or knowledge. I just showed up and experienced it like most of the audience members mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, no, no slight against the composer, but not knowing them and when a new piece is commissioned you never really know what you're going to get yeah. uh, some I've, I've heard a lot of new pieces and, and some are better than others yeah. and I was very pleased and very excited and I thought it was 
all around a great piece of music, dare I say it, a world-class piece of music. So as you said, I could certainly see this being performed in other venues around the world. It could be easily paired with, um, I mean, if uh, with the planets, you know, that would be a great pairing that two great pieces, you know, and I think the orchestra should program it. Um, I'm definitely going to encourage it. Um, yeah. And like you mentioned, there was two different styles in the narration. I mean, that's what you get. Each performance is a little bit different, uh, you know, and we were so fortunate to have, you know, originally when we first conceived it, we had John Glenn set to be our narrator. Um, and unfortunately he passed away earlier this year and, uh, then we moved on to Buzz Aldrin and then, you know, it was kind of just, you know, playing musical chairs, trying to get, you know, uh, people involved on this project. Um, thankfully, you know, Senator Bill Nelson, who of course flew to space um, and is the uh, great senator here in Florida, uh, decided to step in and uh, and he was awesome. It was uh, everybody was just so happy to have him. And he's uh, so supportive of the arts here in Florida. So we uh, we were very gracious for him coming. I have a quick little story that fits right into this. Buzz Aldrin was supposed to have come to the River House for a meeting. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That morning, okay, I get there like 15 minutes before the big meeting's supposed to take place, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, man, this is wild. The conference room is a mess. <laughs> this and that. Anyway, so... <laughs> oh, so it's like it always is. So, so you neaten up everything, Bill? I neatened everything up. I wish it was on YouTube. I wish there was a video of it. I would put it on like YouTube. Like a time lapse? Believe me. Like, a, it would... It, yes. You, no uh, time lapse. And put, put that Benny Hill music behind it. <laughs> <laughs> no time lapse required. I did it so quick. And I got to tell you something. False alarm. He didn't... And the meeting didn't happen well. Later that day... Yeah, we met over in Melbourne rather than at the office. Later that day, I'm telling you what, there was, I'm not making this up, a gentleman with a NASA shirt on, looked like he was in his 80s. I have no idea how old Buzz Aldrin is. If he's younger, I apologize. 92. It looked like somebody in their 80s. In this case, it's a compliment then. So it looked like somebody in their 80s. And I hid in the closet <laughs> i hid i hid i hid in jean's closet we hadn't moved to offices yet so jean was still in her office and i said jean i think buzz is here buzz who i said buzz the astronaut buzz who buzz aldrin so i said i'm heading into the closet just tell him i'm not here <laughs> I hid. It's a true story. Yes. I stood in that closet. Like, I was in there like a good five and a half minutes. Why were you in the closet? Ten minutes. Because I didn't, because I had moving clothes on. Yeah. I had been working and I was sweating like a monkey. Anyway, and I am telling you, I hid. I was hiding from who I thought was Buzz Aldrin. It turned out it was a maintenance guy. I was hiding from the maintenance guy. He he bought his NASA shirt at Goodwill or something. Yeah. Yeah, We had the meeting. That's hilarious. We had a meeting over in Melbourne, and Bill uh, got to hang out in the closet for a while. How was it, buddy? It was nice. Happy I, to be out of the closet? I Actually, there's a light in there, and I was reading a book. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so it, was, it was really awesome. So, and then Bill Nelson and, of course, Colonel Hal Gibson, who's a great mentor of mine. So they both narrated. So that was a really fun you know, moment for the orchestra. And then, of course, we had our third and final collaborative effort uh, with NASA for this project called the Cosmos, um, and we paired it with Dvorak's Ninth Symphony, another, you know, stalwart uh, 
a piece of music that, you know, very popular. So it's, uh, and that performance was fantastic. I was really pleased with it. And yeah, people were cl clapping between movements on that one too. It was great because they just couldn't contain themselves. Yeah. yeah like it I said, really about, great. like I said about one of the earlier concerts, I mean, this is a, it's an all headline event. I mean, it was, yeah. it was just, if you look at the quality of the events that the symphony typically puts on and certainly what they put on, uh, over the course of the last year, mm -hmm. we have a quality of product that is fantastic, and I never see frowns when people leave the, the concert hall. No, so people I'm, are definitely getting their money's worth. Yeah, so I'm very proud to be associated with the symphony. But And this was just a quick, you know, we've gone well over an hour now, retrospective, looking at the 2016-2017 season. And I, I, I think, you know, a season to be proud of. But as I look forward to next season, we have even more new great, more ambitious things. We do not have time to talk about those today. Uh, other than to say, as we sit here between seasons uh, coming up, uh, we have the first uh, kickoff concert, which again uh, is a Broadway-related concert. And I think that'll be fun. A lot of uh, very popular music. Uh, there's, a, there, there's a buzz associated with it. For sure, yeah. Uh, this is this coming weekend and uh, features you know, a lot of famous musicals, some lesser known musicals. And uh, <clears throat> this one is always a popular concert every season. Uh, we've done it for three years now and uh, it's uh, going to be a lot of fun. So uh, we're looking forward to that. So that's all we're going to talk about as far as the new season is concerned on this episode. But next episode, we'll talk about the concert that was the Broadway concert that's currently coming up this next weekend. And we'll also have a look forward at the 2017-2018 season. In the meantime, I will say, gentlemen, I'm happy that you guys have come and we've been able to sit down and talk about this. I think we can all feel good about the year that was. Aaron, again, as always, it's a pleasure to be associated with the symphony and appreciate uh, your leadership. Thank you. Are we going to go, go around, around the, the table? table? <laughs> Let's go around the table. Uh, Aaron, yeah. I appreciate your leadership. This is like Thank the cabinet meeting. Nice. Yeah. Very good. Very Thank well you. done. Um, Eric? Your hair is better than Donald Trump's, <laughs> so you. i just like to, <laughs> Back uh, to the hair be on the record right. for on, that. Eric. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, and I appreciate all of you guys, so thank you very much. So as a reminder, uh, if you uh, have found the podcast here, you already know this, but uh, you can find the podcast in the iTunes store at, or at maestrosonair.com. And of course, our primary uh, way to communicate. Uh, we have a website at spacecoastsymphony.org. And please, everyone, go out and look up Eric Lee, Eric of Tuba, and associate with his brand new Facebook account. It'll yes. be epic. Otherwise, gentlemen, thanks for today. Uh, good conversation. Looking forward to the upcoming concert. And as always, we'll, we'll see you at the show. This has been Maestros On Air, brought to you by the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. Episodes of this show are available for download in the iTunes Store or other podcast catcher or for streaming at maestrosonair.com. For more information about the symphony or upcoming events, like us on Facebook or visit our webpage at spacecoastsymphony.org. Thanks for listening. And remember, as always... 
We'll see you at the show. A Peak Velocity production.